Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to the Best on the Board, presented by BetMGM. Michael Beller, Brandon Funston here with you on a Monday. It is April 11th. It is the day before the start of the play-in tournaments to determine the final two playoff participants in the NBA playoffs in both conferences. We're going to take a look at those prices for the teams to get into the playoffs officially. We're going to take a look at the series prices of the couple of series in the Eastern and Western conferences that are both set as well and talk about how we might be attacking them this week. Funston, what's going on? Oh, not much, not much, man. Back from vacation, ready to uh, you know dive in on some NBA playoff action. I, I like the NBA regular season, but man, I like the NBA postseason so much more. Yeah, I think uh, everyone is in agreement on that. It uh, it can be a bit of a slog uh, to get from uh, game one to game 82, and especially with the way that uh, rests are taken and rests are understandably taken and everything that plays into that as we get, especially beyond the All-Star break. Uh, I think we're all ready to uh, turn the calendar over to the playoff part of the season, which we're uh, effectively doing on Tuesday when these play-in tournaments start. Now, we do have a couple of favorites in both conferences, a couple of comfortable favorites in both both conferences. We've got uh, the Brooklyn Nets and the Cleveland Cavaliers over in the East. And then in the West, we've got the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Clippers. And so those are looking like the favorites, but uh, certainly nothing guaranteed. And I would say, especially in the East. So let's start there, Funston. We've got yes, no. Will a team make the playoffs? Will a team not make the playoffs after the play-in tournament? Nets, huge favorite, minus 3,000. Cavs are at minus 225 on the yes. Hawks at plus 260. Hornets at plus 600. Yes, and then you can sort of reverse engineer to get the no side of things for all four of those teams. Does anything in the Eastern Conference jump out at you as something you find interesting? Um, well, yeah, what, what jumped out at me is I know the Nets and the Cavs both have to go 0 and 2 to not make the playoffs. Um, so I don't think the Nets are going to do that. I think, no. you know, star power in the, in the postseason. I'm going to bet on, on Durant and Kyrie. Uh, I will say though, uh, and you've noted this and I, I noted this as well. I looked this up. Uh, you know, the Cavs against the Nets, the Hawks and the Hornets. Are a combined four and eight, and one and three versus Atlanta, one and three versus the Nets, two and two versus Charlotte. So, if one of these teams is going to go zero oh and two, I could see that being the Cavs. I mean, the Hawks are experienced; they made a deep run last year. Um, and you know, this is again, this is a postseason. This is where the stars shine. This is Trey Young time, you know, and 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 Darius Garland can make a name for himself. But the Cavs are they're an inexperienced bunch, you know. Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, they're two big players. Are are guys that don't really have much of a postseason lineage here, so um, I could see the Cavs losing two in a row. Honestly, and I would I would be tempted to bet the Hawks at plus two sixty to be in there with the Nets. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I've been circling around to also. Um, so the Cavs are plus one eighty five to not be in the playoffs at the end of this tournament. Uh, you've got the Hawks at plus two sixty to be in, the Hornets at plus six hundred to be in. Obviously, we're talking about one of those two teams taking the Cavs spot as one of the eight playoff teams in the Eastern Conference. And I'm I'm with you. I think I like that Cavs plus one eighty five bet. You know, I I would lean toward the Hawks at plus two sixty over the Hornets at plus six hundred to be the yes side of that. But I think I'd rather just say let it be the Hawks or the Hornets and take them plus one eighty five number on the Cavs is no I you know the Cavs we've been talking about all season, right? They've been they've been the zig team where everyone else has zagged. They've played they play three bigs. They are built on defense. They are built on rim protection. This is an old school team in that 
that way. And as much as you're going to see an old school team in the modern NBA and yeah, that's just, I don't know how much that carries them, especially without Jared Allen in there. And, you know, Jared Allen, we know is not going to play in the game against Brooklyn. We don't know for sure what his status is beyond that, but it seems likely that he will, if we see Jared Allen back on an NBA court this season, it will be after the play-in tournament in the actual playoffs. I think that leaves them vulnerable to an Atlanta team or a Charlotte team that are perimeter-oriented, offense-first teams. Like, they, they are not susceptible to the things that Cleveland does really, really well. Like they are their team. It's reflected in the record, especially against Atlanta one and three. Yeah, exactly. And I'm with you. I think the bet is the plus 185 on no for the Cavs as rather than like hedging on, on Atlanta being that team, because in a one game, in a one gamer, mm-hmm. you know, anything could happen. You would hate for that to be your play and have Atlanta just, you know, go out and throw up a dud and not be the team that's there going up against Cleveland in the second game. So, uh, I like the plus 185. I think that's, that's worth, that's worth doing. Although if Charlotte does win against Atlanta, then I, then I suddenly don't like that plus the 185 <laughs> on the Cavs because I think that, you know, that's a game where they can definitely win. Definitely don't like it as much, but again, like I just think, two and you know, two, yeah, guys, yeah, and with with you know with guys like uh, with Lamelo Ball and, and Terry Rozier and Miles Bridges, like this is still a team that's gonna that's a team that's gonna live on the perimeter too, and is a great offensive team yeah. and has plenty of uh, issues defensively, and um, you know, would probably get swept uh, if it were to somehow squeak through and be the eight seed in the Eastern Conference, probably get swept by Miami, maybe a four one gentleman sweep, but. This is uh, this. Uh, I think they're a dangerous team. You know that, that's all. These are three, like almost worst case scenario teams for Cleveland to have to get through to get into the playoffs. Yep, no doubt. And you know it's it's been a good year for Cleveland. You know it was nice, but I, I have a feeling that you know this is kind of like you're gonna have to you're gonna take your lumps and you know maybe maybe you're betting on them to do a little bit more next year. Um, but I do not see like I do not see this as the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, 2022 version. Yeah, I am totally with you on that. Let's flip things over to the Western Conference. I, I think this is, you know, th- there's going to be some hits for the play-in tournament, and there are going to be some misses for the play-in tournament, and we see them both this year right on display. There's a hit in the Eastern Conference where all four of those teams are stacked one on top of the other, and so it doesn't feel like you know, if, if Atlanta or Charlotte knocks off Brooklyn or Cleveland, I don't think any of us would sit here and feel and say, uh, Brooklyn or Cleveland got cheated by the playing tournament. If New Orleans or San Antonio happens to knock off the Timberwolves or the Clippers, I think we will say, eh, not the, not the playing tournament's best day because the T-Wolves <laughs> and the Clippers just so far ahead in the standings over 82 games. And now one of them is going to have to go out and have a prove it game against the winner of Pels and Spurs. I I don't find anything interesting here, Funston. Do you find anything no, interesting on the Western no, Conference side I'm, of things? I'm chalk. I'm chalk all the <laughs> yeah. way. Now that Paul George is yeah. kind of just back, like we've seen Paul George carry a team, you know, and you yes. may not like the the rest of the Clippers, but if Paul George is there and playing, then then I'm in. I'm in on them in the postseason. So, uh, so I'm totally there with you. And I think like the, if I'm gonna find anything interesting in this, it is you know forget about the the. The, the, the specials that we're looking at here, it would probably be just the Clippers at plus 125 on the money line tomorrow night against the Timberwolves. Sure. It, but I'm not seeing the Timberwolves losing two games again. Me either. And I, me yeah. either. And I don't even really like that Clippers bet either. I'm just saying like, if I, if like I was suddenly living in a universe where I were forced to bet something in the Western conference relating to these planned games, it's probably sure. 
Clippers money line against the T-Wolves, but I'm not super interested in that, and I just can't see either of these teams not ultimately making it into the postseason. Yeah, I really – I mean, in Minnesota, I've been talking about the, the Hawks, you know, making that surprise run. Um, it was last year, right? I'm, I'm, I hope I'm remembering yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, right. uh, like, Minnesota feels like it could be that team this year, too. Like, they have a mm-hmm. bunch of shot makers. I mean, they have – you know, Anthony Edwards playing really well. Cat and, and D'Angelo Russell. I mean, there, there's some guys that can put the ball in the basket. And that's key this time of year. I mean, I wish they were, you know, probably a little better defensively. But, I mean, just guys that can make shots uh, that you can rely on when, when everybody else is ramping up their defense more than they have during the regular season. It comes down to shot makers. And Minnesota has them, you know. And so I like them as a potential not only coming out of the play-in, but also maybe – upsetting yeah. a round or two that's that's exactly where i'm going next if they so if they beat the clippers they are the seven seed are they live against memphis i mean you clearly want to you, like all all due respect to memphis you'd rather play memphis than phoenix in the first round oh absolutely and um yeah i mean do, i would like to see the odds on that but if it was enticing enough um Mm-hmm. I can see that happening. Memphis is another one of those teams that hey, they had a good year, but they're not they are not a, you know, a, a super experienced postseason team, guys. And so yeah. I think that means something and again, it comes down to shot makers and and Carl Anthony Towns, you know, and Anthony Edwards, I think are the are the best duo of the two teams. I mean, John Morant's a stud, yeah. but like as far as a duo goes, I would take those two for T-Wolves. Yeah, ja has only played once in the last month. They did get him some action uh, in one of the final games of the regular season before letting him have one more rest day, so we know for sure he will be out there game one regardless of who they're playing, but it'll be just the second game he's played uh, over the last month. They have done pretty well in that stretch, and I don't have the list of who was in and who was out uh, in these games, but they beat Brooklyn by 12, they beat Milwaukee by 25, they beat Golden State by 28, all without Ja Morant, so they've handled themselves well, but... It's a whole different animal when we're talking about getting into the playoffs. And, yeah, it'll be interesting. If if Minnesota uh, takes down the Clippers and it's Minnesota-Memphis, that's going to be a very interesting season price. I guess, like, if the Clippers win that game, like you said, like, this is a – this would not – this I don't think this would be – it's hard to say because of how, like, Western Conference 1 through 6 was so strong when we're talking about Utah as the 5 seed right. and, uh, and Denver as the 6. But, like, if Paul George didn't miss four months of the season, like, with the Clippers – be in the play-in tournament or would they be one of the top six teams like it's 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 easy definitely a path that could have happened yeah i mean i don't know i mean they would be right there i don't know if they would i I wouldn't say with certainty but they would certainly be right there it would have made things very very interesting yeah yeah it's uh man western conference just super 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 strong Uh, as we're looking at the like eastern conference feels strong one to four western conference strong really one through eight assuming that uh no shenanigans happen with the pels or the spurs sneaking in yeah well and then you know i i have some i have some issues with one of the eastern conference teams in the top four i think the, the sixers might be a team ripe for an upset so um you know, I'm looking at that Raptors with with Thibel, You know, huge defensive yeah. presence with him in now iffy in that first in that first series. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we saw that the you know the Harden and Bead thing on paper seems really nice, but like you know they've lost some big they've lost some big games with this too. I don't know if they've had like this this winning chemistry yet that you can bank on. So I'd be a little bit worried if I were Sixers fans going up against the Raptors. 
Let's go back to those series prices in just a second here. Let's wrap up the t discussion on the play in tournament really quick. Um, so in, in addition to being able to bet the yes, no on everything uh, on each team, you can also uh, find yourself a, uh, a spot where you can bet on the two teams that do advance. So as an example, Nets and Cavs, the two favorites in the Eastern Conference, they are minus 165 to be the seven and eight seed in one order or another in the East out West. T-Wolves and Clippers, minus 275, very comfortable favorites. So you got every single possible pairing there for the 7 and the 8 in either conference. Anything here uh, jumping out at you, Funston? Nets and Hawks, I think we're both on that at plus 240. Um, yeah. If you're going to play, if you're going to play one but of those. But again, yeah, that's like I, that still just comes back to Cleveland, no, plus 185. As yeah, like the I'm I mean, more comfortable with. and as much as we like to chalk on the West Western Conference, minus 275 just doesn't mm – -hmm. I mean, that's – that doesn't get me excited. So no. I, I'm probably stepping away from, from both of these. Yeah, I'm totally right there with you. So uh, it's just it's a fade Cleveland movement here on Best on the Board, I suppose. Yeah. Sorry, Cleveland. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Cleveland. I, I love you. I think you're a, an incredibly <laughs> underrated city. But uh, in, in this context, I don't know how underrated you are. Funston, series prices. We've got four of them set. You already had us uh, going on one, so let's start with the Eastern Conference where you've got the Sixers as just minus 185 favorites against the Raptors, who are at plus 150, and then by far the biggest favorite on the board right now. And depending on how things go, maybe they will remain the biggest favorite. The Bucks minus 700 as the three seed in the East. They will be taking on the Chicago Bulls in the first round. Bulls plus 500. So you've already discussed the uh, why you think that Philly is vulnerable to a first round mini upset at the hands of the Raptors. Is that enough for you to want to get in on the Raptors at plus 150? Mm, it's got me close. It's got me thinking about it. I wouldn't say definitively right now, but um, I'm definitely considering that. Um, I, yeah, the Bucks and the Bulls, I mean, I just... That I one, I, I, I mean, the, the way the Bulls finished the season, I'm not in. Uh -huh. I'm not going to entertain the idea that they can pull off the upset against the defending champions. But the Raptors, you know, play good defense. Uh, I, I like them in general, and and I, mm -hmm. again, I think Thibel, as far as a defensive yeah. presence, is a big loss for them. And and we just have questions about James Harden, you know, in 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 the postseason, he just hasn't been a gamer, hasn't been a guy that's proven himself uh, in the second season, and so. For that reason, I'm definitely leaning towards doing something crazy with a with a first round upset by the Raptors. Yeah, I mean, like so you like so Matisse Thybulle, we know is at least going to miss two games mm -hmm. right off the bat. Like that's a guarantee. He's out game three. He's out game four. That's a huge loss for this Philadelphia team. Their best wing defender, one of the best wing defenders in the league, and he is not going to be there for them uh, when this team goes across the border to Toronto. That is just a huge loss. And just think things haven't. Yeah, things haven't worked out in, in the way that any of us was expecting when they swung the trade for James Harden. And, like, you know, part of you wants to say there's a feeling out period, but James Harden's been in the league for 10 years. You know, J Joel Embiid is not a young guy uh, by the stretch of his NBA career, as far as we talk about that. Like, these are guys who are elite, elite players who have plenty of NBA experience. Like, I, I don't think they deserve much of a grace period in terms of figuring out how to play alongside one another. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, Philly's, Philly's been, you know, with Embiid when they've been favorites, they've lost in the postseason. Uh, you know, yeah. they haven't, they've had a checkered past in, the, in those terms. So um, we'll see. One thing I didn't look up, and maybe you have it on you, is what was the, what was the series total for the season between these two teams? 
the series total for the season. I can find it very quick because I'm, uh, yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty skilled with that. Um, <laughs> I kind of, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's obvious. Like, I'll be, I don't know. You know, obviously, this the, these are teams that have had the makeup change uh, quite a bit over uh, over the course of the season. So we don't know how much of that will apply in this. But let's see. The we are looking at. Uh, three and one in favor of the Raptors. Two of those games have come in the last month or so. Oh, Beller. Oh, <laughs> Beller. That's just fuel to the fire right there. And hey, to the, those wins, also very different games. Uh, uh, Toronto won 93 to 88 back on March 20th, and then 119 to 114 just about a week ago. Okay. Yeah. All right. Stamp. <laughs> let's, let's rubber stamp it. I'm going, I'm going plus 150 Raptors. Let's do it. There you go. In the in the other series that we have a price for in the Eastern Conference, the, the Bulls are not winning that series. Minus 700 is not something I'm interested in paying on Milwaukee. So if I was going to do anything, right now on BetMGM, you can get the Bucks minus two and a half games at minus 120. So that's you know either a Bucks sweep or a Bucks 4-1 for you to win. Minus 120, that's something I can get behind, actually, because yeah, this season represents an unambiguous step forward. For the Bulls and any any Bulls watcher, <laughs> any Bulls fan, anyone in that Bulls front office or on the team, maybe they wouldn't say it now. But if you told them you're going to go 46 and 36, you're going to be the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs, you're going to lose four one to the Bucks. If you told them that in October, they would have signed up for that in a heartbeat. Yeah, it but feels what a would, little bit like a letdown the because odds of, have been if you had set this at at, at the All Star break. Oh my God! I mean, I, the Bucks still would have been favored, but. I it would have been minus. a lot tighter for sure. Yeah, it would have been a lot tighter. So it's, so it feels like a little bit like a letdown going into this into this you know playoffs. But this is a huge step forward for the Bulls. But you know, I think that that there's just there, I don't think there's any coherent argument that would back thinking the Bulls can pull off an upset here. Yeah, I agree. Just yeah, you look at the way things have gone, and you know, again, it's like the the Bucks are basically the same team that won it all last year. So they're not going to blink, you know, they're going to, they know what they have to do. And with the bulls are going to have to figure out the, you know, all the ales that they've had over the second half of the season, let alone go up against a team that basically is sort of bulletproof when it comes to this time of year. Absolutely. And yeah, this is a a huge step forward for this bulls team. They're going to be returning almost the entire roster next year. Like there's plenty of reason for optimism surrounding the Chicago Bulls. Uh, It's more focused on what's going to happen in 22-23 rather than what's going to happen over the next two weeks against Milwaukee. So uh, not really feeling that, but Bucks minus two and a half games, minus 120. That's a bet that I can get on board with for sure. And so that's something I'm I'm taking a look at as we get ready for this week ahead of us. Over in the Western Conference, two really interesting series already set. Right now we've got Mavericks minus 105 against the Jazz minus 115. And uh, as you and I are sitting here recording this Funston, we've got Luka Doncic going to get an MRI, so that could significantly change how things look in that matchup. We've also got the Warriors at minus 200, Nuggets plus 170 in their 3-6 matchup in the Western Conference. Either one of these series, I mean, I guess it's it's impossible to say anything about Dallas and Utah before we know uh, the status on Luka Doncic, but if you want to try, you can, or uh, Golden State, Denver, anything there, have you interested? Well, if you if you're on the Jazz, you get in now, right? Because it can only get worse in terms of your return. Yeah. I would, I mean, I'm I'm on the Jazz even with Luca. I think Utah wins that one. It could be a, 
a tightly contested series, but mm-hmm. I put my money on the Jazz to pull that one out. Uh, I cannot, I cannot get behind. I know that uh, Denver was three and one against Golden State on the year, but mm-hmm. man, Clay Thompson suddenly is on fire. I mean, he's had like four of his last six games or thirty three or more points, and he had it coming off a forty one pointer uh, to close out the year. Draymond Green is starting to do his flirting with triple doubles, uh, you know, and, and starting to come back around. They've created a, you know, Jordan Poole. I mean, I, I just think what, mm-hmm. what happened with Golden State is is basically they didn't have Draymond and, and Clay Thompson for a long time. It's created, uh, you know, some development of, of some really talented players. Now they have just a wealth of depth. And I would say that's where Golden State, I think, ends up. Uh, you know, winning this series against the Nuggets, even though they didn't do it during the regular season, this, they just have a lot more depth, a lot more shot makers. You got you got staff, um, you know, with uh, with, with Jokic. Uh, I mean, he's just he's he's the team. Like, is there anybody yeah. who is <laughs> has like more value to a team than Jokic? No. I mean, most teams have like two legit uh, solid players. It's it's Jokic and a bunch of a bunch of I would say role players, you know. Yeah. After that, so it's I like, just it's like those LeBron early years in in Cleveland a little it bit. Totally is, yeah. It so goes to that. So I know that Denver sh- showed well against them during the season, but I think it's going to be a different story in the playoffs. So I would not. I don't know that minus two hundred gets me excited about betting on Golden State. I think yeah. I just I think I just stand stand off on this one. So that's really where I'm at with this. Like, I do think there's a tiny edge, a tiny betting edge on on um, on Denver plus 170. I mean, it's just it's not often you get the likely back to back MVP at a plus 170 price in the first round. You yeah. just you you don't see that that often. And you know, this is this is we're not this is it's basketball. We're not talking about uh, getting like Patrick Mahomes as a as a home dog in the first round or something like that, and a guy who can you know football just put a team on his back and and will their way to a thirty five thirty one victory. That's not going to happen in a best of seven basketball series. So it's not an apples to apples comparison. But I do th- I, I think there's there's something bettable about Denver getting the plus one seventy. But I think all the points you make bring me back to this probably being a pass of a series bet, and this is something that we can, you know, we can play it game by game. But it's just, it's like, like you, like, do, is there anyone on Denver that you trust to to step up and be um, a consistent option alongside Jokic? It's going to have to be a cast. Uh, of guys maybe maybe Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. Oh, wait a minute, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I think this is one of those series where you wouldn't bet the series. You just yeah. watch, watch how the first game or two play out, and then you start betting the games. You know, yeah, I think so too. Right, yeah. like even even this team in a best case scenario without Murray and Porter, it's like, you know, like Will Barton who's coming in a little bit banged up, Aaron Gordon. Like these are just mm-hmm. these are not the sorts of guys that you. And obviously, they're not the sorts of guys. That's why this team has has uh, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter in a best case scenario, but. Uh, you know, like that. There's just that. Like it's just. It's not. It's not yeah. the sort of team that even with the plus one seventy feeling like a little bit of a tilt in their favor, I have trouble seeing them win four out of seven over yeah. Golden State. If yeah, if Jokic has like a twenty two point night, that's, he literally. I think I. Yeah. I see him having to score in the thirties, and Denver play great defense and hold Golden uh-huh. State down. Golden State's just got scores galore right now. Yeah, I mean, what is what is. What does Jokic need to be to average to for the to for Denver if he averages thirty five? I think right they, they win. It, it, Jokic needs to Jokic needs like a thirty five, twelve, and seven series. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Which I'm he not, can do. I am he can not do putting it. it past him at all. Yeah. <laughs> he absolutely could do that. I guess that's where, like, if I was going to really craft an argument for um, for Denver, it's like they can really – I think they can they can dominate. They can come something close to dominating this series at the rim. I don't oh, know. they really can. Uh, they're yeah. they're a, great, you know, a great rim offense team. Golden State, a great defensive team. If there's one weakness to their defense, it's rim protection. So like well, Denver it, could could dominate it in that way, but I just still just like it's it's one thing to do it once, twice. It's another thing to do it four times in a seven game series, four times in the span of eleven days against this team. Yeah, if they'd had Wiseman, I mean, not just for anything more than just giving out five, you mm-hmm. know, six fouls and uh, you know, just being a presence around the rim, that would have been worth something for them for sure. But yeah, I expect Jokic might honestly average thirty five and twelve. It's it's yeah. possible. So yeah. um yeah. And it still might get them sent home in like four five or six games. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So all right, so we we're actually we're we're very same page in it here. Um because I I like Utah also. With with Luca without Luca, I like Utah in that series. Yeah, I do too, and that's why I'm saying get in now on Utah if you like them. Because mm-hmm, anything happens with Donkish, then, then you're not going to want to. You're not going to like the line. Yeah, great season for Dallas. There's a, a like this is similar to what we talked about with Cleveland right at the top of the show. This is maybe the worst realistic opponent Dallas could have seen in the first round. Yeah, with the way that they you know just like they weren't going to see Phoenix the way you know the way that they played the season. Like so that's what by a realistic opponent you know we had we had so much jockeying for position down the last two weeks between three and six. We had Phoenix and Memphis slotted pretty comfortably one and two in the Western Conference for a while now. Three through six, there was plenty of jockeying, and this, I think, ended up as bad as it possibly could have for Dallas. Yeah, and they're another team that's a little bit similar to Denver, and they really don't have a Robin to the Batman uh, of, of Donkage. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have some good players. I would say their their depth is a little bit better than Denver's, but, I mean, if if Donkage isn't like like we talked about with Jokic, where you have to you you got to imagine a line that is rid- ridiculous, and if he's not healthy enough to kind of deliver mm-hmm. on that, then I just don't think they have a chance. It's going to be a fun week ahead as we get all of one through eight set in the NBA in the Eastern and Western Conference. Fun playing tournament coming up this next couple of days, and then on Saturday the NBA playoffs kick off in earnest. So we'll be coming to you a bunch this week on Best on the Board with some NBA episodes as we get everything in place before the playoffs get going. But that's going to do it for this particular episode of Best on the Board. For Brandon Funston, I'm Michael Beller. Thanks for listening. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon. 